Ernest, what's up? Look, I want to put you on to something that's been making waves in the personal finance world. If you've been relying on Mint to manage your finances, I got some news that might startle you at first. Mint is no more. But hold on, because every cloud has its silver lining. And in this case, that lining is Monarch Money. For those of us searching for a robust, user-friendly alternative, Monarch Money is stepping up to the plate. And from personal experience, it's hitting a home run. Let's get personal for a moment. Managing finances can be a maze of confusion, stress, and time consumption. Believe me, I've been there, jumping from one finance app to another, hoping to find that one platform that simplifies everything. Then came Monarch Money. Its ease of use, powerful features, and sleek design transformed my approach to managing finances. What truly sets Monarch apart for me, though, is its collaboration feature. With money being a top Discord trigger for many couples, the ability to seamlessly manage finances with my wife has been a game changer. No extra costs, just shared goals and clarity. But Monarch isn't just about managing your current finances, it's about building your future. Saving for that dream house, your wedding, or a once in a lifetime vacation becomes not just a possibility, but a reality with Monarch's intuitive tools. It's no wonder the Wall Street Journal held it as the best app for savings growth. Monarch Money represents the next evolution in personal finance apps. It's an ad-free haven where your experience is the priority, constantly refined based on real user feedback. It's everything we've been asking for, intuitive, powerful, and relentlessly focused on user satisfaction. Now, for a bit more practicality, Monarch makes transitioning from Mint a breeze ensuring you can bring all your tags and categories with you. It's intuitive design, customization options, and commitment to privacy and an ad-free experience make it stand out in the sea of competitors. Look, after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash leisure. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash leisure for your extended 30-day free trial. Earners, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. 
With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over and start using it now. Whether it's my business or any business out there, you ha- like I'm a firm believer in my heart of hearts that it's not about having resources, it's about being resourceful, right? And, and everything that you need is already around you. It's just the fact if you can see it or not. My graduates from my school being Forbes, backdrop. Backdrop. <laughs> a mic drop. Backdrop. Backdrop. All right, guys. Welcome back, EYL, LA edition. This I, is gonna I thought you were gonna say we home again. Well, <laughs> second home for sure, for sure. Home. Third old Atlanta. Don't forget Atlanta. Atlanta, Miami, LA. We home. We have a lot of different homes. So there you go. Um, but this is something that we've been looking forward to for a long time. Shout out to our good friend Charlamagne the God. Yeah. So he, I think he was the first person that actually told me about humble, and uh, humble is actually his business advisor. Financial advisor, life advisor, wealth manager. Uh, yeah, wealth manager. So that was the first time I actually heard about him. And then we interviewed Bobby Wagner, and Bobby Wagner had mentioned Humble as well. I saw you put that clip on your Instagram. Yeah, it was nice clip. <laughs> <laughs> so Humble Lou Conga. Yeah, Conga. That's perfect. Okay. Yo, yeah. yo, <laughs> yo, shout out to Shadi on the pronunciation. So Humble, he is actually the CEO of Lifeline Financial Group. So Lifeline Financial Group is a boutique financial planning firm, wealth management firm, with uh, three locations, mm-hmm. L.A., Denver, and Houston. They have 50 employees, and they manage over $500 million in assets, right? Yeah, yeah. half a billion, yeah. yeah. Half a billion does sound better. Sounds better. A little over. A half, little a over half a billion. <laughs> half a billion. <laughs> but it's a, it's a full-service financial planning firm so they have tax planning Mm -hmm. they have wealth management they have estate planning um and they have you know different areas and they have different people like that'll work with a client so and they work with very high profile clients in sports and entertainment some of their clients you might have heard of them maybe Uh Issa ray yep Uh, we talked about charlamagne the god lonzo ball um bobby wagner my god just to name a few so it's really dope, and I'm really excited to have this conversation because anybody that watches EYL, they know that that's actually was my background before doing this. Was for 12 years, I was a financial advisor, helping people with you know investments and insurance, estate planning, stuff right. like that. And that was my original plan. My original plan was to scale it onto the level like that you're you're at because I saw the need, especially for sports entertainment. It always bothered me that all of these guys have all of these money, but most of their representation is white. Yeah, for and it's, sure. it's not like you know. Is is not of the culture, mm-hmm. so when I found that about you, I'm like, oh, this is actually dope because that's something that I had always kind of envisioned. That was my first plan to yeah. actually grow a, a firm to, yeah. to the level that you're at right now. So kudos to you first and Man, foremost, thank yeah. you. Because I you. I know firsthand that it's not. There were some athletes that we, we was we was close to. Yeah, we almost had a few. Yep, that's another story. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he was close. I was like, yo, Shadi, get it. We all out of here. <laughs> 
Yep. Yep. Shout out to the nine. Yes, we did. Yep. So um, this is going to be a very interesting conversation because, you know, talking about how you grew your business and working with clients and actually growing out a firm. Yeah. Because, you know, being a CEO of a firm, you actually have to manage personnel, not only clients, but you manage the personnel as well. So putting all that and your backstory is crazy as far as like where you you. come from. Incredible. Your journey is like a a movie. Um, So first and foremost, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Man, I'm I'm honored to be here, man. I uh, I got so much respect for you, too. Um, You know, we all feel like soldiers of the same war. Um, trying to create financial literacy for our community. And uh, what you guys have done is unbelievable. And the fact that you guys would even think of, to have me on, and I'm honored. I'm, and I'm here full of humility, man, ready, ready to serve and, and, uh, and share my story. But I'm, I'm honored to be here, man. You're very humble. Humble. Yeah. <laughs> All pun intended. Yeah, I, I always know like the type of person we're going to get when they start asking personal questions about us. I'm like, oh, they really rock with us. Yeah, like, yeah. Troy, you in, you miss teaching? Like, oh, he really knows I was a teacher. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Hey, are you still doing that financially? Like, yeah, it's like, yeah. that's dope, man. So yeah. I appreciate you for being here. It's yeah. going to be a classic. Yeah. We know sure. that in advance. For sure. No yeah. pressure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into this. All right. So like I said, your journey is very interesting, right? Um, so can you tell a little bit about your journey as far as coming from Uganda, yeah. coming to the States and how did you get introduced to the world of financial planning? Yeah, no, that's a, man, that's a really great question. And you know, it's like you, you wake up and, um, and you see what life has become, you know, but the journey I think is like what life is about, you know? So mine started in Uganda, East Africa. I come from a small little village called Masaka. Well, actually, the village is called Masamvu, but the district is called Masaka. Mm-hmm. So very, very, very humble beginnings. Um, I grew up like in this mud, you know, this mud hut, like a little, a little mud house, like no electricity, no indoor plumbing, walking every single day to fetch water. Um, you know, at the time, you know, three out of four kids are dying before the age of five because famine and malaria and polio is killing everybody. Uh, three out of four kids? Yeah, wow. so 75% of kids, you know. You know, in my own family, you know what I mean? I uh, lost both of my sisters, you know, to those living conditions. Um, you know, I come from a nightmare that I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy if I had one, you mm-hmm. know, per se. But um, so, so I'm, I'm born and raised in Uganda. Now, you got to imagine my father and my mother, you know, they grew up. Um, so the whole country has been ruled by dictators to this day. Uh, I think the most famous one people know of is Idi Amin. Idi But it's been dictator after dictator. You know, Idi Amin to Mboti to Museveni. I mean, it, it, we've never had a peaceful transfer of power. So, um, and by the way, my story, uh, I, don't want the, I don't want the audience to feel like a oh, poor humble. I'm, I'm the voice of my people. So my story is the same story for anybody that grew up in Uganda at this time. You mm-hmm. know, I'm just really lucky to have made it out to be able to tell it uh, and to be able to be like a, a testimonial or a poster of the Ugandan spirit and, and, uh, and who we are as people. But so my parents, they grew up in those regimes, right? Idi Amin and Boti. Um, and at the time, you know, my father had 10 siblings, right? Nine are deceased. My mother, uh, you know, you know uh, going through the same... Uh, situation. Everybody's going through this. I mean, to this day, 50% of the entire population in Uganda is under the age of um, 15. That's 15. Many, 15. That's how wow. many orphans okay. they are, right? Yeah. So um, we lost a lot. And, uh, and, my, and my father, man, he would he would fight to get us a political asylum, right? Because you got to imagine, man, he had lost nine of his siblings and then now he's losing children, my sisters. Um, you know, so me and my brother are still alive and, and he's and he just, you know, him and my mother just fighting to get us out of out of, uh, out of of Uganda. 
And through the grace of God, man, when I'm like 11 years old, I get a political asylum. And a political asylum allows you to escape um, the bondage that you're in and go to a place where it's safe, right? So we came to uh, Denver, Colorado, and uh, <laughs> you, can, you can imagine, man, I'm from Uganda, man. I'm from, I'm from Masaka. Like, I, I literally grew up 23 degrees under the equator, yeah. and then boom, you know what I mean? I'm 11, and I'm in uh, I'm Snow in for the first time. I, I had never seen snow, let alone white people, right? So, <laughs> what so, everything, so everything, is, uh, everything is a complete uh, culture shock, but... Um, but I feel I'm so I'm so grateful that it happened for me. And I remember man, getting those uh, getting, you know, getting getting those shoes and and um, and walking on that plane and knowing uh, that on one on, on one hand, my life is my life is going to be spared. Mm. Um, but on the other hand, knowing I'm leaving everything and everything I've ever known behind, you know, so I landed um, I landed uh, in Denver. And so when you come, when you get here, man, it's, it's a crazy cultural shock. Right. Uh, and. Uh, and you, you trying to, you know, you, I'm from, like, I'm from Uganda, East Africa. So it's a complete culture shock. I mean, so, you know, I'm supposed, so I started, I'm supposed to be probably like in fifth grade, but I got to start in kindergarten to learn what a noun is, what a verb uh, is, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How to speak the language. They push you in kindergarten? Uh, well, I mean, I'm with the sixth graders. So they okay. had this program called English as a Second oh, Language. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah. So I'm just in there with this, you know what I mean? I'm just in here, like, I'm just <laughs> sitting there. <laughs> I can't even fit the chairs, but... <laughs> Um, I was really lucky though because I had a I I was I didn't know but I, at the time I, I I I had a brain that could comprehend really fast you know what I mean so by the time I'm in eighth grade I really caught up to my peers wow. right and uh, and in certain ways I started to really excel like in math and science right and um, but you know my mother when my mother got here my father got here you know my mother cleaned people's homes that's how she put foot on the table she was a housekeeper and then my father cleaned restaurants at night you know he was a janitor so. Um, so we trying to, you know, life is starting to kind of come together, you know, as I'm, I'm heading into my freshman year of high school and then my mother has a stroke mm. and the stroke was so severe, it left her paralyzed from the neck down. Wow. You know what I mean? So, and um, my mother was a matriarch of the family, right? The, the, the spirit of our family and they gave her like six months to live. Mm. So, and they wanted to put like in a hospice hospital, right? Where like a, a nurse's assistant can take care of her until a dying day. And my father refused. And he was already my hero, but in that moment, he became my my example, right? And he said, no, nah, I'm not doing that. You know, he said, if somebody's going to bathe her, take her to the bathroom, brush her teeth, wipe her, it's going to be me. So he sits me down and he says, okay, uh, humble, I'm going um, to take care of your mother all day, uh, but you got to take over the cleaning ships at night. So this time I'm getting into finance, right? So he, so he sat me down. He says, okay, so this is the plan, man. After school. So I, I remember like it was yesterday, man. I would wake up at uh, 5.45 in the morning. I'd be at the school stop, a bus stop at 6.45. I'd be at school at 7.15, get back home at 3.30. I would do my homework, eat something, take a nap. And by like 8 o'clock, my old man is dropping me off to clean office buildings and Bennigan's and Applebee's and <laughs> you name it. You how, how old are you at this point? At this point, I'm, um, I'm um, barely 15. Okay. Yeah. So it was in those nights, man, where your friends are... At a high school party Or playing a sport Or You know Or maybe just resting Because they got an exam And you up cleaning toilets And bathrooms It was in that moment Where I said you know I got to change the curse of poverty For my family mm-hmm. You know I was I, I felt like man, this, this curse of poverty Has to stop with me um, And uh, And that's when I started To kind of figure out Like how, how can you make that How could you make that possible You know um, And so Every night uh, I would clean, man. Every night I would clean. There'd be some times when my father would come help me if I have like an exam or something, but I clean so much. And when you clean it that much, I don't care how much you shower or put cocoa butter on, you can't <laughs> take the stench of bleach off your hands. You know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, but I knew, I, I knew that they, like, 
if I, I got to find a way to change the curse of poverty for my family, you know? And, and the first time I remember I had a beautiful high school principal, man, and he's passed on, but he was, he was incredible, man. His name was uh, John Buckner and uh, Mr. Buckner was like, um, he was a legend in all of our eyes who went to high school at the time. And he just took a liking to me. And I spent a lot of time in his office. It was, I was like the kid who was in the principal's office was never in trouble. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. he knew my story. And, and one day I asked him, I said, Mr. Buckner, man, how do I, how do I change the curse of poverty for my family? And he was like, man, you got to learn how money works. Mm. And it just like, I was like, what do you mean how money works? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Money works. What does that actually mean? And, and he, uh, and he, and he said, okay, man, uh, he introduced me to uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you guys read that book. I mean, mm-hmm. it just changed my life. Uh, you know, like Napoleon wrote his principles. of, And this was the first book that I read that didn't teach you what to think, but how to think. You know, and how to make sure that your, your dreams are bigger than your bedroom window, right? How to, how to think positively. How all these different things just inspire me. It's probably the first book that, that I got a sense of worth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also introduced me to um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm-hmm. And I read that book as well. And I was like, oh, man. You know, so I started to feel really, really, really inspired. Now, mind you, my mother is fighting at this point. So she's alive past six months. You know, through her courage and God's grace and my father's love, she's fighting, she's fighting. So she ended up staying alive my whole high school career. So I literally became a professional janitor. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> to this day, I'm not taking out the trash. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. You've I don't, done. I'm done. You've done. You've I'm, done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. But uh, I remember being really inspired to, the, to where my senior year, I asked my father if I can drop one of the restaurants to pick up a paper route so I can have access to the Financial Times. And so then he introduced me to uh, Warren Buffett, and, and I started reading about all these luminaries, you know. And I said, man, I'm going to do something about this. But I had no idea what, like, what I was going to do until I got to college, right? So my mother ends up passing away from the stroke eventually. Now, um, in my culture, you know, it was important. In our culture, we have to bury her back where we're from um, so she can go to rest with our ancestors. And um, so we're en route to go have the funeral in Uganda. And then my father has a heart attack and he passes away. You do it all without breaking a sweat. Like being a boss exec to Tuesday tennis to homework. Why do kids have so much homework? Family dinners, lunches, brunches, trips to the vet, and a weekend getaway that's anything but a getaway. And you do it all in style. Even when you have back-to-back conference calls on top of the kids' orchestra recitals, not to mention your side hustle. That's why they created the fully reimagined Infiniti QX60, a luxury SUV as functional as it is stylish and as versatile as it is serene, with premium features like a panoramic moonroof, ample cargo space, and available massaging front seats to bring the ease of luxury to your everyday. Introducing the all-new Infiniti QX60, Designed to help you take on life and all the chaos that may come with it in style. Learn more at InfinityUSA.com. Now with extremely limited availability, contact your local retailer for inventory information. Yeah. In, 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 in route. In route. So as you're going. On an airplane? Yeah, on an yeah. airplane. He had, a, he had a heart attack on an airplane? Yeah, he yeah. passes away. As you're going yeah. to your mom's funeral, yeah. your, your dad passes. Yeah. He actually died in route uh, through Egypt, right? So make a long story short, you know, now... I'm, I definitely had to put, you know, both parents to rest at relatively almost the same time. You know, it's crazy. Um, so I get back. So I get back now. I get at this point, man, I had pretty much um, lost my entire family and my, my immediate family, except for my brother, who I would unfortunately lose in a car accident in 2017. But I get back. I'm the only person in America right now. And and I was in the library and I read this article that said um, 78 percent of all professional athletes in the NFL were going broke. 
two to three years after they retired. And I remember reading this article, man, and it broke my heart because I said, "This is at, this is when you go. To, this is at New Mexico. Yeah, this is when I'm back to New Mexico. Yeah, oh, so Lobos. Yeah, 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 yeah Lobos. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. So, sure. so, you, so you, you're, now you're coming back. You're going to college. Yeah, now I'm back. Now I'm in school, right? Yeah. Um, and you got to imagine, it's the hardest moment of my life, man. Um, if if you, if life is glass, there's pieces of mine everywhere, right? So I'm just trying to pick up a piece every single day, and and uh, and I'm a nerd. I love to read, so I'm, I spend a lot of time in the library, mostly because they had free uh, free tea and free snacks. I just go in there and eat, save some money. Very important, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so, but I read this article, man, and uh, and uh, and it broke my heart because these young men were coming from their own struggle, having an opportunity to build generational wealth and freedom for their families, but ending up worse than even they started in, in most times. In most cases, and it didn't make sense to me because they all had these financial advisors and and agents and and uh, you know these these business teams around them. So how was eight out of ten going broke? Right? I became obsessed with it. I became obsessed, and I was trying to figure out why this was happening, especially to men that look like me at such a rapid rate. Mm-hmm. And the more and more and more that I dug into, it was so negative and disparaging towards these young men. Or oh, they're reckless. They're unintelligent. They're undisciplined. But it didn't make sense to me because they all had these business teams, right? These agents, financial advisors, and everybody. And it became quite clear to me that they were being taken advantage of. Because if you go to a hospital and 8 out of 10 patients are dying 2 to 3 years after they leave that hospital, you're not calling those patients you know, reckless or unintelligent or undisciplined, right? You're saying, what the hell is going on with the doctors? And so it was in that moment, in the hardest moment of my life, where I said, Man, I found it was like almost like God was speaking to me because this love that I had found in high school for finance was not finding a mission, right? And the more I dug into us as not community, the same thing was happening to our athletes, same thing was happening to our entertainers. And as we know, these are some, these are our heroes, mm-hmm. right? This is how we were able to get out of slavery and was through entertainment and through sports. Like these, these are our heroes and they're all ending up in destitute. So I said, I want to do something about this, right? And, uh, and when you're young, you have no idea how hard it's going to be. But through the grace of God and, and you know, all of my teammates that work with me, I think we've built the most dynamic business and wealth management firm in the country um, for, for our athletes and our entertainers and our executives. And it's been the honor of my life to, to lead um, this, um, this firm to, to ensure that we build generational wealth, which equates to generational freedom. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's a long story to No, that's to, a powerful to, story. To explain. No, no, it was definitely good. Um, it was good to, to get yeah, the backstory. Yeah, uh, so yeah. all right, so let's get into this. So you have, you know, one of the top wealth management firms in the in the world. Yeah. But all right, what were the steps to do that as far as like you said, okay, I want to get into finance, right? Did you start working for a firm at first and get your Series 6, Series 7, stuff like that? Like, yeah. what were the steps that you actually got? Because there's a lot of people that are financial advisors, but there's not a lot of people that actually own their own financial plan yeah. firm. Yeah. Most people work for either, you know, institutions on the insurance side or on the investment side. Like, yeah. they might work for, like, Fidelity or they might work for, like, an insurance company. Um, so how did you take the steps to actually and doing it at a young age? What were the steps to actually go to be an entrepreneur yeah. and have, you know, the firm? That's a really great question, man. Um, you know, I've, I've, um, I was coming of age in that 2007, 2008 when the world was on fire. Um, the markets had crashed. It was in the greatest, you know. That's when you uh, came into business? Yeah, 2008, that's when, I, that's when I came into business. Yeah, it was crazy, right? And like, um, you've seen companies around 100 plus years, Bear Stearns, Lehman Brothers, like either they're here on Friday and they're going on Monday. Over the weekends, like trillions of dollars was going. Yep, and, September, uh, I remember. I mean, it was the world. <laughs> if you guys was in New York, especially. Yeah, you yeah, imagine yeah. It, 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 The world was on fire, right? It was burning. And 
And I remember coming of age and I'm thinking, man, how is this possible? You know, I start, I'm doing my research and I realized right away that, and I just want to be respectful, but I realized right away that I don't want to go work at these wirehouses because if this can happen, if, if they can make up these, these products, right, that are, that are illegal and, and, you know what I mean, and boost these bonds and all these different things that led to the crash of the market, I don't want to be a part of that, right? Mm-hmm. So, and on my mission I said, I have to build it for myself. Like, you know, and I, you know what I mean? Like, I have to do it my way. And I know it's going to be the harder way to do it. But I had two goals. I wanted to, I wanted to protect people that look like me. I help them build generational wealth and freedom. And then I wanted to give amazing jobs to people that look like me who wanted to work in this industry. Right. Um, and the way to have that type of, to way to, to way to serve that mission, I knew I had to take the, the, uh, the route that was less traveled and, and, and become an, and start the business myself. Now, whether it's my business or any business out there, you ha- like I'm a firm believer in my heart of hearts that it's not about having resources. It's about being resourceful, right? And, and everything that you need is already around you. It's just the fact that if you can see it or not, you, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. right? So when I was starting out, I said, okay, um, I started researching. Um, I started researching you know, people who look like me who was doing this. Uh, but at the same time, like I was looking around my uh, university in New Mexico and I was seeing um, I was really big on the campus. And I was seeing like athletes that had a chance to go to the pros that I was really good friends with. So I told him about my dream. I said, hey, this is what I wanted to do. Right. This was guys like uh, Glover Quinn. Right. Who um, Guys like J.R. Giddens. Um, so these was these uh, were my peers. You uh, see what I'm Cali, right? J.R. Giddens. Yeah. From uh, Oklahoma City, the Red Dirt. Where he went to play the Kansas. Yeah, yeah, he did. He went to Kansas. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So these are men that are that I'm that that are my peers, and we all here together. And I went and I said, hey, this is what I want to do. Um, and I want to protect you guys. I want to do this. Um, and they gave me a chance. You know what I mean? And uh, you got to imagine. And that's why, like, I I come here with I I, I wake up with an attitude of gratitude because. As hard as we all work and as and as determined and as purposefully driven as we all are, man, you need a you need lady luck to show up, right? You need somebody to somebody to believe in you. Um um you know, even at the university that I was at, um, I don't know if you guys remember the legendary running back Arian Foster, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was um, for Houston. Houston, yes. Yep. So he was a he was a Tennessee at the time in two thousand uh, in two thousand seven, two thousand eight and but his mother worked at the worked at UNM at the University of New Mexico, right? So I was able um, so he, when everything fell apart for him and he went undrafted and all that stuff, I was able to meet him at the lowest point of his of his life and guide his career. Wow! So there was there was these people around me that uh, that believed in my soul and my spirit that gave me a chance. You know, when I'm 20 years old, right, to build from there. And then, like I said earlier, you know, friends started to bring friends. Yes. Um, and, and that's how we kind of that's how that's how we kind of so, fire. So Arian, I mean, at, he's the biggest client that you had to, to start at the time at the time yeah at the time yeah at, at the time well he was the smallest client i had at the time because he was undrafted he had true thirty two hundred dollars to his name we had nothing to manage right so <laughs> yeah. so what was a pro what do you what do you explain to him this is what are you telling him this is what i'm offering because this isn't like uh agent story this is like i'm about to be a financial wealth ma- yeah. planner yeah. like so what's the conversation that you're having obviously the connection with his mom do you have to like explain to her first and then get in contact with him and now it's like all right now we got this meeting yeah what do you explain to him yeah, great question. Yeah, so yeah, so you you're trying to get everybody on board to give this kid a chance, right? Um, so I'm meeting with everybody, um, but I always knew in my heart of hearts, man. Since I was like six, seven years old, like it's life has always life has always made sense to me that like you can get all that you want out of life if you can help other people get all that they want out of life. It's that simple. So 
if I'm sitting down, I'm sitting here with Arian. He he has a daughter on the way. He just got went undrafted. His dream that he's been chasing since he was five years old is gone, right? And now at that moment, everybody's gone, right? Mm-hmm. And so I felt like God had put me in, that, in his life at that particular moment for the war that we're about to go on, right? And so at that point, nobody was around, but he saw like my conviction in, in, in just trying to help him get all that he wanted to make sure he can provide for his daughter, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, so he, though he only had $3,200, you know, I tell people all the time that, because a lot of people feel like, well, when I get rich, when I get wealthy and I have something to manage, that's when I get a financial plan. Mm-hmm. It's the, you know, I said, you know, not having a plan is a plan. It's just a really bad one, mm-hmm. right? So even for him, you, you only got $3,200. So you got to look at this like, you got to, you know, you got to look at this like everything, <laughs> right? Um, and, um, and, but I, he had, he, he, oh, I think one of my greatest gifts in life is like I've never lacked foresight. I can see somebody and know what they're, what they're going to be before the world can see it. And meeting him, I knew he was going to do what he was going to do because he had, a, he had a focus and a work ethic that was not going to be denied, right? Um, but I just had to clear the way so he can just focus on what he had to focus on. And I'm proud, man, because we took that to, you know, we went from $3,200 to, you know, to, you know, $60 million, right? So yeah. it was a hell of a run. So when you were just starting out and you was actually managing the clients, were you, what were you doing? You were doing investment advising or you were doing insurance? You were doing estate? Like what, what were you actually doing yourself? Yeah, so we were, so yeah, when I first, man, when I first started, you got to wear all the hats, you know what I mean? Um, so, um, so, you know, all the bookkeeping, all the accounting, um, all the insurance planning, you know, estate planning, um, you know, um, you know, you know everything that you do as a, as a as a as a financial planner, but then also stuff that's not even your job description, right? Bucket flights, concierge, you know, just like whatever they needed, you wanted you 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 wanted you you had to serve them. Um, and as the as the, as the, as the firm grew, then you 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 brought on more you know you brought on more people to kind of help you, right? But uh, initially, you had to you got to wear all the hats, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So as you said, as the firm grew, so at what point? How many clients? Was it was like a specific number? Like I got five clients, we got to hire somebody else. How are you? How did you scale it to add uh, people to work with you to help out with these these roles? It's, it's a gut feel, you know what I mean. And also sometimes you you taking on more than you can afford, just hoping through God's grace. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because like, uh, but also people believe in you along the way, right? So, um, you know, like my brother Tony, who you guys know, I was mentoring him for 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 a long, for a long time. As That's funny. He said he mentored you. That's what he said. I'm joking. <laughs> Shout out to Tom. He teaches me things every day. But um, you know, I love I love our story because for like you asked like when I met Tony, he was um, you know, he was already like, you know, doing sports management, working a law firm, making six figures, really successful. And I was mentoring him every step of the way to make sure that he was making the right decisions to be successful in sports. And then uh but the whole time in the back of my mind I knew I was just grooming him to come to you know, to come be my head of sports, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and, uh, so when I was finally ready to, to, to make him a job offer, I said, Hey, listen, um, I want you to come in. I want you to come join Lifeline, but I'm not paying you that six figures. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna pay you $3,000 a month, 1099, by the way. So don't, don't, don't talk about benefits. Nah, like we ain't got that. Oh, and by the way, that nice condo that you have, you gotta, you gotta, when the lease is over, you gotta move in, you know, with your parents, you know what I mean? But if you give me like three years, I think we can do something really special. Right. Um, and you know he went home. I had I remember I had to drive to his dad's house, and you know his these, these are these are African father his African father, and tell tell his dad why I'm taking his son away from this successful path to move back home. But um, but he he believed in me, right? And he joined the firm, and I paid him what I could. And many people did that. Like I had people that I really respected that left like their CPA jobs, left um their financial plan, whatever they were, to come take half money 
have the have you know to kind of like take sixty percent pay cuts or whatever it may take to join this mission that we were on. Um, and uh, and I think some of my greatest. Some t- I think sometimes my greatest um, joy is knowing that we were, you know, that I that we we did it. You know what I mean? And and, uh, and all of those sacrifices wasn't for nothing. So now you have, um, like I said, fifty people that work. So you said you was telling me off off air. Yeah. When a client comes, they get put with a team, right? Yeah. The yeah. financial planning team. So I'm gonna talk about this. Yeah. Because uh, people can have a team, even if they're not with like a firm, they can have different people in their life. So, what is the team? That a client gets when they come to your firm. Yeah, it was it was very important for me to build like, like um, it was very important for me to have people around the family that are experts and superstars in, at what they do. Because um, as you know, like we all have strengths as as, as financial professionals, right? So, what would you say your strength was or is? Uh, my strength is like uh, from an investment perspective. Investing. Um, uh, that's probably my strength. Okay. Um. um but then also like I have the power to influence behavior. Mm. Like that's what separates me from any other advisor in the world is like, uh, I can influence behavior so I can help a client. Like I can, I can get the best out of each client. Like they'll get, I'll get them to a point where they'll give me the very best of them. Right. And then when, when I can influence that behavior, then we have a real chance at the investments and the, and yeah. the, and the strategies yeah, right? change the mindset. Yeah, exactly. Cause, cause you know, I always say first you form habits and habits form you and finance is behavioral, right? It's not, you know, you can, you can give people the tools, but if, if, if but if spiritually, um, mentally, like if they're not, if they're not at a certain point, the medicine's not going to work. Right. Um, so I think my greatest strength is I, I can, I can influence behavior, you know, and I, and I learned early that people don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Right. And so if you if if we spend enough time, we spend enough time and you really go, okay, man, humble really has my best interest to heart, I can influence behavior, which leads us to our goals, right? So but I I like to build a team where you have a CFP, a certified financial planner, and this person's uh really, really skilled in, in all the tenets of finance, right? And they can be the quarterback to oversee the whole empire. Then have then I have a CPA too um, for a particular family. The CPA is really trained in tax planning, auditing, and accounting. So we want to know where every single penny is going and why, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and be a, that way to see if the CFP has the best numbers to plan for. Then you're also going to have a lawyer, um, and this lawyer plays um, like a general counsel for the family, and you know and interacts with you know other lawyers you may have on your team, whatever the case may be. But having somebody who's always thinking legally about every decision that you're making, because preventative law is better than post law, right? And then you have a, a charter financial analyst, um, you know, a CFA, and this person's brilliant at at, uh, at um, portfolio construction. You know what I mean? And that's and that's what their passion is. And so when I'm doing a podcast with you gentlemen, I have I have a team that's actually watching the markets, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, to make sure that the plans are going great. And then then you also have your manager, right, your uh, your day to day person who is just there when life happens. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So um, what they're always on the ground with you to make sure that. Um, the the, the, the make sure that the client can focus on the vital on the vital few while we take care of like the trivial many if that makes sense so right? the C, the CFA their yeah. job like you said is actually putting together like a portfolio yeah just being really brilliant at constructing it yeah and and the whole team works together right the whole team works together because the CPAs the CPA is giving the CFP the best numbers right so we know exactly what's going on the CFPs putting together the, the CFPs looking at the whole wealth, the whole wealth holistically, right? Insurance, the, fi- the financial plan, the financial plan holistically. Mm-hmm. But then, then you have somebody who's surgical, and all they care about is making sure that whatever, whatever the plan, whatever the goals for that plan is, 
the, our investment and our asset allocation is responding to that, to that plan. Um, and uh, so you have, you have people in each lane where that's what they've mastered. Yeah. And then together, there's no holds on a team. You know I mean? So yeah. another part of the team are lawyers, correct? Yeah. So yeah. like what, what type of law are you assigning to each one of these circles? What type of practice? Is it general, it? General, general practice? General practice yeah. Yeah, you kind of want to, you want to have a lawyer who's very dangerous as like a, like a, like a general counsel for the family. And then when specific things come up, uh, maybe, you know, litigation, stuff like that, then they can run point, find the right legal team and run point and all that. But gotcha. at least you have a lawyer next to you who just, um, keep the legal bills down, but also uh, the things that we can tackle, we can tackle, right? Mm-hmm. And then the things that we have to outsource legally, we can outsource legally. But it's very, very important for my, for me to have um, lawyers in house that are that are that are that are that are dealing with the client day to day. So you have like yeah. the general. It's like a doctor. You have the general practitioner, and then if they need somebody that's like in the entertainment space specifically. Then that lawyer can recommend another lawyer. Yeah, that yeah, deals yeah. specifically specifically for that lane. Yeah. Can all collaborate. Or I'm like big. trust. Exactly. I'm big on collaborations. Yeah. I'm big entertainment law. Yeah. yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. So it's like, um, you know, so like a lot of our lawyers have they 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 have great backgrounds in in, um, in structuring private equity deals and structuring uh, endorsement deals that have to do with equity, you know, financial. But hey, if you need a if you need a, a litigator, you know what I mean. That's now we'll find the right person. We'll collaborate. But you always have somebody with you that's running point on mm-hmm. those on those discussions and, uh, and and protecting the family. Mm-hmm. So I try to I try to I try to I try to put I try to put together like a real business team um, around these families um, and then collaborate with other great minds to get the job done. Yeah. So you build this, this this circle around the family, yeah. but you said one of the biggest threats to wealth is generosity. Mm-hmm. And making sure that there's boundaries set for the outside people. Yeah. So how does that work, right? Because you you make money and yeah. you accumulate. You've come from low income, yeah. right? And you've yeah. now made money. There's that guilt, like that survivor's remorse, sure. right? I got to yeah. help everybody else. So how does the team tell the actual family members and friends who've grown up with you now, here are the boundaries, or tell the, the athlete or the entertainer, here are the boundaries that are set for you, and you got to stick to them. Yeah, great question. You know, and, you know, I, I understand the survivor's guilt deeply. You know what I mean? You're talking to a man who's lost his entire family, right? My father, my mother, my sisters, my siblings, everybody, right? Mm-hmm. So then you make it and you become, you know, whatever people define as success. You, you know, you, you're a multimillionaire. Um, and you do feel, and I feel in my heart of hearts, it's, um, um, you got to help because so many people helped you get here, right? Um, so I understand um, these clients at a level that, that um, I understand them intricately because I'm going through the same thing. You know, I, I'm the I'm the person in my family that's done that, right? And and I think sometimes what people say is like, watch out for your family. Watch out for your family. Right? And this is it's so disrespectful to the family. It's very disrespectful to the family, right? Because you got actual people in your life, man, that sacrifice for you to get there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I hate when these rookies go to like um NFL symposiums or NBA symposiums and they tell they tell them, well watch out for your mom. You know, watch out for your uncles. Watch out, yo. These people actually paid for your little league, so right. so so these people, like you know, we come from a community, man, that's helped us get where we're supposed to go. So for me, the key is to sit down with the family, and I call it like family governance, right? Sit down with the family, and 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 like put together a strategy for the people. It's like you can't take everybody with you, but who are the vital people, and then how we put together a plan for all of them, right? And then they have they have to be patient. What you can do year one is going to be drastically different than what you can do year ten, right? But they, you need to think about them too. And and as you get old, and as you get as you get become more and more seasoned, you're helping them, but you're also putting them in position where they can fly on their own. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I'm big on bringing the family, the, the family with you, and the people that 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 that, uh, that, um, that helped you. But coming up with clear ways to make sure that the because if the tree can get strong, they know the branches can flourish, mm-hmm. right? So you got to get the family to give the time for the tree to get really, really strong. Yeah. But those branches need to flourish as well. Yeah, that's you important. I mean? I mean, I don't think I've ever heard somebody speak on that like yeah. in that terms. It was like. If I can make sure that the family's straight, they're gonna make sure that the person that's generating the wealth is straight. Yeah. And so curating the plan, like I know we grew up in, and we talked about the Iverson story, right? And it was like, wait, how did he squander all that? Well, he was taking care of a lot of people that were around him, extended family at that, mm-hmm. but not having a plan for them, it could cost him. Absolutely, and and everybody can't go. You know what I mean? Everybody, everybody can't, go. can't go. Everybody can't go. Yeah. So. Um, and everybody, not everybody needs to go. Yeah. But there are people in your life, man, that if it wasn't for them, there's no way you'd be where you are. And there's a humility that comes from honoring that. You know what I'm saying? Before yeah. I ever bought a home, before I ever bought a car, before I ever spent any of the money I, I've ever made, I retired my aunt, you know, who's the last surviving sibling on my dad's side. Because when my parents got sick and, and I lost everything, man, this woman prayed for me every single day. I mean, she would send me five bucks when I, could, when I didn't have $30 in my account. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. she, she, she will go clean homes and then like get, you know take me to TJ Maxx to get a shirt so I don't have to wear the same things to school. I remember all of that, right? Mm-hmm. So you you fully can't you can't be blessed and not be a blessing. But how you do it, you know what I mean? Is 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 what separates those that are able to build wealth. Um, and those who squander it is how you do it, right? And so I tell all, I tell all my, and I hate to use the word clients, but I tell all, the, all these families I'm, I'm lucky to represent, you know, just call me. Let me, let me, let me put together the plan. Let me be the bad guy. Let me, let me do everything. But the people that are vital, they got to come with you. Because success isn't about being at the, on a hill by yourself anyway. So you can, you, there's a way you can get everybody up there with you, but, you, but it, it takes time and everybody has to buy into the plan. So let's talk about this um, financial planning team again. I want to get back to this because I think there's, there's lessons for the average person where yeah. it's like people will say, okay, well, obviously, if you lines on ball, you can afford to have, you know, all these different people. But right. just the average person is like you can have, you know, an accountant that's somebody that's doing your taxes, mm-hmm. somebody that, you know, if you work with a financial advisor and they can, you know, help you with like investing or insurance and stuff like that. And then a lawyer, you know. To help you, you know what it will. You don't have to be rich to have that, but it's yeah. important to have different people in place. Yeah. So I say that to say, um, I just ask about a couple different areas of that. So, like from the tax planning standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. What are some things that, like, from your clients that, like, if you get a client and you'll do like an audit mm-hmm. that you see, like, there's mistakes that were made or like mm-hmm. things that are common mistakes with like athletes or entertainers that they're not taking full advantage of the tax law like you know what is some of your cpas doing to kind of help your clients out with that you know the um the the athletes and entertainers are extremely extremely complicated um that's why i have like tax a tax department tax experts because these guys are paying taxes in every place in every city that they're you know states that they're playing you know um state and maybe the city tax yeah yeah you got state you got city tax jock tax that jock tax Mm -hmm. i mean these things are complicated you see a tax you see uh an athlete's tax return it's like it's like this right um so it's important to have once again experts in that lane that deal with tax strategies every single day um I, and then obviously entertainers, I mean, entertainers, don't, they don't get taxes taken out, right? So if you do a show, if you do a movie and, you know, you make, you know, let's say they'll give you $20 million, you're getting a $20 million check. <laughs> but that check has taxes. It has all types of things, right? So um, I think a lot of people, what, I think what we try to do is make sure, you, first of all, set up the right corporate structure. 
you know what I mean, and try to get a lot, you know, try to get your money into an into an entity and not get paid directly, right? That because when you put it into a business, you have a lot be more freedom for tax write offs, a lot of be more freedom for protection from a liability perspective. Um, also, man, track every single penny and do and do tax planning throughout the year. Right. Don't don't wait until the end of the year to say, oh, here all my receipts. No, have an accountant that's actually tracking every single penny, every single every single month, every single week. That way we are planning. You know, we, we are maximizing every tax deductions as we as we go forward. I mean, the IRS is going to be your number one enemy. You know what I mean? I mean, they're coming for it. They're coming for 50 percent of your income the second you earn it. Um, so you got to be very, very detailed in your in your, in your bookkeeping, your corporate structures, um, you know, and there's so many there's so many. Um, Things that you can use as a business expense if you're able to uh, have an entity set up, right? Uh, that you can't really do if you just if you just a W two or just a, a um, an individual. Um, but it's you got to make sure that your accounting and your tax team, you know, is, is up on those things. Especially when you start to go into foreign entities as well. So now you're making money in Peru, you're making money in Canada, you're making money outside of the United States. I mean, the tax structure gets very, 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 very complex. Yeah, especially for artists, because like, correct me if I'm wrong. I know for athletes it might be a little harder because it's like you're getting paid W two, yeah. so you're an employee. So it's kind of hard for like to get paid other than that mm-hmm. because you're an employee. But for artists or people in the entertainment space. Like if you're doing a show, it doesn't necessarily the money doesn't necessarily have to go to you directly. It can go to a C corp, whatever you mm-hmm. de- you develop. Now it's like, yeah. all right, well, all these people that I have with me now, I'm actually operating as a business, exactly, as opposed to just getting exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. you can actually take deductions and do it the right way, as opposed to just getting a bunch of money in your personal name. Yeah, you know, what I mean, it's more flexibility. I think people don't fully understand that, especially like on the entertainment side. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, um, you're able to do that on the athlete side. You can as well because, as you mentioned, the, the team is just going to pay you W two, so you don't have a, a lot of flexibility there. But all of your, your endorsement, endorsement yeah. income, you know, set up an entity and have all your endorsement income come into that entity, and then kind of put the same structure in place. Um, on your marketing side, right, to help you, to help you with, um, you know, to help you with that. So there's, there's different things, different things you can do. Um, but, you know, the key, though, is, um, is really having a team that you can trust um, that can, you know, that, that can really, that really knows what they're doing, but really has your best interest at heart. Um, Let me ask you this, because we see, especially on the entertainment side, we see Aretha Franklin, yeah. we see Prince, we see Michael Jackson, a bunch of, we can go lo- a long list of people that when they die, they don't have a will in place. Yeah. They don't have a trust in place. So talk about like how important is it to do the estate planning and like having a will, educating your clients on why a will is important, right. why a trust is important, the different yeah. types of trust, things of that nature. Like, you know, when I was in the insurance business, irrevocable life insurance trust, you could put the life insurance inside of a trust. Like, yeah. talk about talk about that a little bit if you can. You know, it's everybody, everybody knows how important it is to have a, you know, to have a will. And I don't a think trust. they do, though. No, 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 no. Here's what happens, though, because everything is like generational trauma and behavioral. Right. It's just hard for our community to think about death. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's the fight of my life to get clients to sit down and talk about death, but it comes from a place of so much pain for generations, generations, generations. You see what I mean? And so, and I can honestly say like when you, you know, in our, I think in our community, let's take the, the, the athletes, entertainers, the rich people out of it. I think the, the every day to day person needs to have a, at least a revocable trust and a, and a will. Period. The same, you know what I mean? The same way you have car insurance, the same way you have, you know, you got to have these things. But I'll probably say probably 70% of 
I mean, th- if you think about your friends, people that you love or family members, how many of them really have a revocable trust or a will? I'll probably say 80% of them don't, right? Probably more than that. Probably more than that. 95%. Yeah. And um, and these are like vital, 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 vital things because, um, you know, anybody thinks about death, but let's forget death, right? Let's just forget. Let's just say you got in a car accident and, um, and you are alive but incapacitated to where you can't make certain decisions. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. who's going to help you like with your life while you're still living, maybe, but you can't do it. You know, say you get a coma, you're in a coma for three months. Power of attorney. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like how you, you got to have these power of attorneys in place. You got to have your medical power of attorneys in place. Um, and you got to have these conversations um, with um, with your family members, right? So you know who's in position to help you when these things happen. What's that conversation like? Because you said the average age of your clients is like 20, like 20, in the 20s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in the their 20s, right? So yeah. you're... you're dealing with people who've dealt with emotional trauma but also yeah. financial trauma yeah so what's that like explaining this to them at such a young age like let's take example uh anthony edwards who's the number one pick right like yeah. you're telling the 19 year old kid at this point of his life you should be thinking about these like you become not only like a wealth manager but you're like the teacher now yeah for sure for so sure. what's that yeah. what are these conversations like when you have them at such a young age with, with your clients yeah well your family i don't even want to call them clients anymore. yeah your family yeah my family yeah great great question um you know it's um like I say, it's a lot of teaching, um, and uh, and understanding why. You know what I mean? Why? Why it's important? Why it's important? Um, but there's certain things where they're just non-negotiables with me, right? Because mm. um, as um, as a black financial and wealth manager, you know, I can't that room for errors. I don't have room for error like 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 the other counterparts, right? Mm-hmm. So so you got to get these things in line, and we have to get them done. Not only because it protects you, but if if you don't have it, something happens to you. They're going to bury humble Luganga. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but those conversations are tough because they've, they've never thought about it before. Um, and uh, and nobody in their family has ever thought about it before. So this is a whole new world when you come. You, I mean, you're 19 years old and you're worth, you know, millions and millions of dollars. Like, that's not an everyday thing, you know. So that's why I always go back to, like, love and trust, you know. And that's why I got into this business. It's like, now, this is a people business, man. And nobody, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. And once these young men or these young women understand like, like the, my heart and what I'm here to serve, I'm able to have these conversations. And sometimes, you know, I'm 35 years old. Sometimes I, I'm, I'm more like of a father figure right. you know, or like an uncle. Um, and, uh, and most times I might be the only black man that they've ever met in their lives that's like successful, right? Um, or like that, or that they can kind of listen to, right? So you have to play a, you got to play a bunch of different roles, man. Yeah. You know, um, wealth manager, father, uncle, disciplinarian, but um, but most important is teaching, you know. So, so let me ask you this, as far as like a broad range, uh, philosophical question in regards yeah. to investing, because I know that's one of your strong points. How important is it to diversify? Because I know a lot of people, or maybe not, but, a lot of people, I don't know if your clients specifically, they might just want to put all their money in like just Bitcoin or all their money and yeah. just buy a board eight. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, what do you tell them and what's your philosophy on diversification when it comes to investing? Right. Um, you know, so let me take a step back. I want to be as authentic as humanly possible from, from my, from, from my perspective. Um, so the clients that I manage, right. Um, who who our goal is to build this wealth for generations to come right they're making they've made they're making their wealth in their art you know movies whatever it is writing directing athletes maybe they sold a business so they've accumulated wealth so now my job when i get in there is to make sure that we take this wealth 
we protect it, we grow it, and then we transfer it. So when I'm dealing with my particular clients, um, diversification is key. Right, because you never, ever, ever want to put all your eggs in one basket to say so. You, you know, there's different asset classes, and you've got to be very careful that you are very diversified. That way, if one asset class goes down, you still have a, a portfolio that's strong. Right now, if I'm talking to a younger me, right, who's has a dream of building a company, has a dream of being an entrepreneur, has a dream of escaping poverty, has a dream of changing the trajectory of his family's life. You don't have the luxury of diversification if you're trying to be an entrepreneur. Like you got to put, you got to go all in. <laughs> you got to go all in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's no, they, like if you really want to go, if you really want to change the trajectory of your life, like you have to pick, you have to be an inch wide and a mile deep of where you're going to invest everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so when I was building Lifeline, 100,000% of everything that I had was in Lifeline. I was not diversified at all. This thing has to make it or I'm done. It has to work or it has to work. <laughs> it has to work or it has to work. <laughs> Bottom line. Right, right, right. And then so, and then, and so, and you got to believe, you know, and, and as an entrepreneur, man, you may, you may look at uh, even like my, uh, the clients whose wealth that I manage that are uh, Silicon Valley founders or the building companies. When I look at their wealth, I mean, 90% of their wealth is in there, is in the stock of their company. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, I got control over that. Like I got control of what I can grow this company. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I mean, I have much. So it depends on what your goals are um, and where you are in your life. You know what I'm saying? But um, when you're speaking from an entrepreneur who's trying to build from zero to a hundred, you have to be late. You know, your your focus may have may have may has to be singular. Yeah. May have to be singular. Does that I, make sense? Mm-hmm. I got yeah. you. So, Bashar yeah. Bilal, yeah, right, Humble Lukanga, yeah. Your names alone separate you in the financial service industry, yeah. right? Yeah. I wanted you to talk about some of the barriers that you face and why you're so intentional on who you work with now. Right, They're, yeah. You're choosing your clients very specifically for a reason. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure uh, Rashad, you can attest to this. It's when I read the story, I'm like, I, I felt there's so many similarities, knowing his story and yours. So yeah, yeah. You know, I remember being young, man, and I read this uh, stat that said, um, you have, you know, you, you have a better chance playing in the NBA than being a black executive in finance, right? I think this, you know, it was like, like one point five or one point seven or something, like just like. And I always, I, it always, I was like, why do people publish these tats? Like, why do people publish it? Is it, is it to, is it to like derail somebody's dream? Is it to show us like this impossible? Is it to show us that we're not welcome? Mm-hmm. Yo, I've been in a fight of my life in finance. The fight of my life because every, yo, I, uh, I'm a CFP certified financial planner. I built this firm with, 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 with with the most amazing human beings you're ever going to meet in your life, intelligent, like, like just incredible team. We work with the biggest names in the world. You know, um, I sit on the board of trustees at the University of New Mexico as 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 the finance chair. Um, I've done everything you could possibly do to make to 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 be a qualified candidate, right? To, mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to help manage somebody's wealth, and they still question your intelligence just because of the color of your skin. You know what I mean? Like I was, I was having a conversation with a dear friend of mine. His, uh, his Indian, and uh, and I was writing a letter of recommendation for, for his child to go to for, to go to college. And we were just having, we were just sitting back at dinner. And he says, you know, hey, look what we've done for ourselves. You know, two, you know, two brown immigrants who came to this America. I mean, who came to America. Look what we've done. 
Uh, and I said, you know what, man, you know, yeah, you know, I, 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 I understand what, you, what you're saying, but my journey is different than yours. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, our journey is completely different. And he says, I said, what do you mean? I said, you know, we both immigrants, we both. I said, listen, I'm black in America, man. <laughs> like, like when I go into a conference room, when I go into a meeting, when I go into anything, the first thing they do is question your intelligence. You know what I mean? They, they don't question your intelligence. They may make fun of your accent, but they don't question your intelligence. They expect you to be brilliant. They expect for you to be smart. Right. So when you're in finance, and like you said, I didn't start at a wirehouse, right? I didn't go to like J.P. Morgan or Goldman Sachs or UBS. Like I literally built this thing from the ground up independently, right? Um, they question you every step of the way. I, and I used to have this joke, uh, you know, with Tony. It's just a metaphor. I'm not saying it's true, but it's a metaphor. I would say. I said, man, I, I can't sign Peyton Manning because I'm black, and I can't sign Cam Newton because I'm black, right? Because <laughs> like, because <laughs> they they always they like they always they uh they, they marginalize you every step of the way, yeah. right? Um, and uh, and it's you know, and the people that you're here to serve, um, and I want to be respectful, but like, you know, slavery won. You know what I mean? Like, you got to understand the prism with which I view the world. I'm from East Africa, Uganda, right? Um, so. But I'm I'm but I, I, can't, I I'm in America, so I live two lives, right? I live I live my I, I live as as a Ugandan, as a Ugandan as a Ugandan in my heart. Is coming from Uganda, born and raised, and then as a Black American in America. And um, and and when you come to this country, right, it's a shock because even back home when we have like poverty, we have all these different things, but we have each other. And so we have a, we have our, our language, we have our song, we have our tradition, we have our heritage. So you you ne- you never think about the color of your skin, mm-hmm. like it just never crossed my mind, right? And then you come to America and it quickly reminds you, you know what I mean? And it does not matter what you accomplish, like they are they just marginalize you every step of the way. Um, so it's it's uh, to this day, you know, I tell you I tell you a story that just happened literally this past week. I have a client, this guy, you know, uh, a, a great client coming out of a, a, this, a particular university in this upcoming 2022 draft that has a chance to be a top 10 pick. Special, special young man. So uh, uh, a black, a black, a black young man, his family, highly educated, right? Um, lawyers, uh, engineers, like they did a, a thorough um in, uh, interview process for agencies and, and financial advisors and they chose me right on his team is another kid who's extremely talented uh, white kid uh, who's also going to be a top 10 pick you know um, um, so as as uh, as the young man is leaving college he goes and sits down with this particular coach white coach and uh, for his exit meeting so the, the coach asks him who you signing with as far as your, your agent or financial advisor he says he says this, he says, you know, humble Lukanga. So then the coach tells him, um, humble Lukanga, you know, doesn't Google me, doesn't um, do his research, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't even, doesn't even just says, okay, Lukanga, where's that from? He's all, oh, you know, he's East African black. He goes, can you have him send over his engagement letters and his, and his social security number so we can do, so we can do, um, so we can do a background check on him? I was livid. I said, listen, did they ask the, the the white kid if his financial advisor can turn in the engagement letters and their, mm-hmm. and, their, and their social security number? I said, you know what? I said, if that's the process for this university, I'm all in. But if that's the humble Lukanga special, tell him I said you. I said him I said fuck him. 
get him on the phone. You know what I mean? But it's just like stuff like that happens all the time. Yeah. No matter no matter where you are in your career. Yeah, right? like the higher you go, the, the more you see. But it's tough to even get to your level to see that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it doesn't it doesn't change. And that's why I tell every anybody it's just like just keep going, man. Because it doesn't they, there'll never be a time in, you know, there'll never be a time in this country where uh where we don't get marginalized like that, especially in finance, you know what I mean? And so they question your intelligence every step of the way, but you just have to keep you just have to keep being dynamic. So, um, how do you get clients? Like what's your what's your process for referrals? Like is it through a center of influences? Is do you actually recruit people? Like what's the You know, great question. Like there there's some moments in time where I see somebody and I know I was born to represent them. And so I, I'm going to go get them by any means necessary, right? I'm going to go get to them, right? I'm going to yeah. find a way to go to go meet their families. But 99% of the time, it's all friends of friends and, and referrals. Um, you know, we have like a six-month waiting list, you know, so I take my time. You know, um, I um, like I told you, I have, this, I have this vision for Lifeline. That's a 100-year vision that allows me the luxury not to rush. You know, so I'm like building this company like – I'm winning this race at a turtle's pace. You know what I mean? And so um, great clients bring great clients. As you know, you know, great people hang around great people. So great. And uh, and and I can I can spend five minutes with somebody. And know, OK, that's a lifeline. That's a lifeline guy. Oh, that's a lifeline gal like they like they like, you know, we're going to be good. And then they'll bring friends. But it's all referrals. And and that's how I like it, because. I don't have to do the the the, the, the shiving and dancing if that makes sense. <laughs> no shucking and jiving. No, I'm, and yeah, I'm not doing none of that. You know yeah. what I mean? So if somebody that you love and trust tells you about me, then we can, and then and then somebody I love and trust, uh, it's like it's it's an easier conversation because they've already been in the they already know how to the, the kitchen. They've already been in the in the system. So that's how I like it. I like referrals. Let me ask you this for just general general anybody. What's the most important part of a financial plan? You're, you're a financial planner. Yeah. What's the building blocks to wealth? Like, what's the most important thing that you have to do? Yo, that's such a great question, man. The most important thing that you have to do is believe that you deserve it. You know, like, people, there's a there's an optimism you have to have to plan for tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you, you innately believe that, okay, if I, if, I, if I do this and I save... And I put away retirement. It, you there's a there's a there's a there's an optimism in your heart that believe that your tomorrows can be better than your today's. They can be better, than, and your today's can be better than your yesterday's, right? And so, we have to get to the we have to get to the core of somebody's soul to help them be, understand that they're worthy of a financial plan and they're worthy of a better tomorrow, right? Like they're they're so. I mean, if you go to you guys' platform, I mean, you guys have done an amazing job just. To, all the tools, all of the wisdom, all of the lesson plans for anybody to transform from where they are to where, to where they need to be. The information that you guys have put together is unbelievable. It's impeccable, right? So it's like, but how do you get somebody to feel like they're worthy of that journey? Yeah. And that's what people don't understand in finance, man. Like, it's not about stocks, bonds, investments, taxes. It's not about that. It's, a, it's, 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 it's all behavioral it's all psychology it's all like if you grew up in an if you grew up in an environment where nobody's ever believed in you right nobody you've you've been put down you know america's had a knee on your neck for your whole your whole life when do you start to breathe and start to think about okay let me plan for tomorrow right you're like fucked i'm living for today you see what i'm saying so the most important thing in my in my honest opinion man is like sitting down with somebody and dealing with the trauma, dealing with that generational 
pain and getting them to a place where they're healthy to receive whatever transformation advice that you have. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the book I'm working on. It's uh, I'm working on a book called the humble way, 10 steps to financial freedom. And it's, it's all behavioral, you know, just trying to get somebody's mind to shift because once, once that shift happens, you and you as a teacher, you see the kid. Yeah. Once that shift happens, oh, it's over. It's a light bulb. It's Ooh, a light bulb effect. It's over, but yeah. man, it starts. It starts. In, it starts in here. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and what I've seen is that when it comes to financial literacy in our community, uh, we've been. You know, it's like it's it's uh, there's a there's a trauma there to where like you've been living check to check for so long that you can't even, you haven't even thought about, you know, planning for, for tomorrow when you're trying to get through today. You know what I mean? Um, so that the most important thing I think is, is to, is to, is to put that joy and that spirit back in somebody where they go, you know what, my life has worth and my life, the days of my life, you know, can be better and, and I did deserve to be better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and, um, and once you get there, then you have an opportunity to be able to put together a financial plan that somebody can stick to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, but the most important thing is when you get to a financial plan is, is you really have to understand your spending and why you make the certain decisions that you make. You, you know what I mean? Um, I, be- you, you I believe that spending is directly linked to your value system. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like whatever you value, what, wherever you are, whatever, whatever values or principles you, 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 you embody you can be found in that money trail. You, you know what I mean? Um, and so you can't invest, you can't um, save, you can't do anything if some, you know what I mean? If somebody has a crazy spending, you know, if they, if, if, uh, if this, if, if, the, if their values haven't been set in a way where they, where, uh, where their spending is under control. Discipline. Yeah. Discipline. Yeah. So you, you started in, Around 2009, 2010, yeah, yeah. right? And so you're getting to the point now where you're having guys and ladies who gone into a career and are now probably retired, retired. from their career. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so, number one, as they transition into that new part of their life, is that same family that you built around them now guiding them maybe into a new career or entrepreneurial world? And on the other end of the spectrum, the people who are just starting, are we getting their minds thinking, right? Because at the end of the day, they are high-paid employees. Mm-hmm. Are we getting them ideas to say, all right, here's some entrepreneurial things based on your personality? Yeah. Are we doing that? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, so for me, you know, you have to start with the end in mind. Um, and, you know, athletes, especially athletes, they, they die twice. Like The entertainers can stay creative their whole lives. So even if they, they, they don't want to act anymore they still you know they there's so many things that that they because they, they have a skill set that doesn't yeah. doesn't expire but our athletes man even if you have a long career you're still going to retire in your 30s now you still have another 60 70 years to go so what are you going to do with the next chapter right mm-hmm. um and so and that's why you see what breaks my heart where you see a lot of retired guys you know um end up like you know suicide or things that or that nature because now those everybody's gone that was there that was making money you know the the marketing agents are gone the sports agents are gone the financial advisors yep. are gone everybody is gone who is who was on the payroll to getting money from now that you retired there's another kid coming um and so for me I, for the for all my retired guys it was so important for me that 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 their second that their second career is smooth right or or 
if they don't, if they just want to, because you, you miss so much time being an athlete. You know, it didn't hit me, man. I was uh, I was talking to one young, one, I was talking to somebody like a, a while ago. He said, you know what? When they retired, he was like, this is my first, he's like, this is my first Thanksgiving. I haven't had Thanksgiving with my family. You know what I mean? I was yeah. like, that's crazy because yeah, you know, they, they, they miss everything. Yeah. So, so whether you want to go right into a new career um, or like a new, ch- a new challenge that has to, we have to make a plan for that. Or if you just want to take like, if you just want to take your kids to school for me, you know what I mean? Things that we take, pick them up, yeah, yeah. They'll pick them up or coach that little league team or whatever. We've have protected your wealth so much that you don't, that you can do whatever you want to do. You know what I'm saying? Not, you don't have, you don't, you don't, you don't have to do There's There's not that you need to do. Right. Hmm. Um, but it's so important that when they in their at the height of their career, that they build their relationships that are going to help them transcend the next chapter of their career. Hmm. So um, I'm always forcing uh, clients to come with me to conferences. I'm always forcing them to take this meeting, take that meeting. Hey, when you land in the city, um, you may have to play on Sunday, but that Saturday, like you have some time off. You know what I mean? So instead of hanging with the boys or going to the, let's just go take a meeting in that city. You know, um, and it's going to be hard when you're 20, 21, 22 to kind of know what you want to do 10 years from, um, 10 years from now. But just keep taking meetings. You know what I mean? And just yeah. keep meeting good people. Um, and, and, and eventually you're going you're gonna to figure it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um, I feel like my role as a, as a wealth manager is a, is a lifelong role. And so um, it's very, very important that I'm not going anywhere, right? So it's very, very important that each each decade, um, especially post-retirement, that the, these athletes predominantly are still, are still successful. Yeah, what, what about yeah. the, the mental piece? Because um, obviously you're the wealth manager, but we've seen athletes and entertainers who struggle with mental health. Mm-hmm. And like, so we saw Kevin Love who said, you know what, I, I, I need to step away. Break, Simone Biles yeah. at the Olympics, I need to yeah. step away. What about uh, that component? Is that something that your team is building or down the road we're looking like we need to add this component because more athletes we're seeing this is happening more frequently? Yeah, another great question. You know, I grew, like when I started finances, I always managed finances since day one in a equilateral, equilateral triangle. One side of that triangle was the economic capital. Of course, it's the financial planning, taxes, investments, you name it, okay? Mm-hmm. But the other triangle was what I call the social cap- social capital. Like, what do you want your legacy to be? And how are you impacting your family, your neighborhood, your community, the state, the country, and eventually the world? What's that plan? And the other plan was what, what you're talking about, this mental wealth, spiritual um, capital. It's like, how are you healing? You know what I mean? Like, what books are you reading? Are you talking to a therapist? How is your mental? How are you feeling? I've always managed um, a client, especially these really dynamic athletes, especially the football stars in that equilateral triangle. You know what I mean? And not, not one triangle was more important than the other, right? Because if you have somebody who's mentally and spiritually, man, growing and healing, they're making a big impact, you know, and they live in a life that's bigger than themselves. And then they're doing something with their, and they're doing the right things with their finances. You have a really, really, really complete human being, right? Um, and that person can... Uh, and that person can, can change can change the world. But since day one, um, I've understood that trauma, and and we've always always managed. I've always thought of myself like I don't really manage wealth. I, I manage wellness. Mm. So that's a great question, Troy. Yeah, uh, pleasure, my brother. Um, so, <laughs> what's your what's your plans? Like, what's what's your next ten years look like for you? What would you like to take the company? Like, what's your? I know you say you're writing a book. Like, yeah, what's on your vision board for this year and the next decade? You know, it's a it's a it's a really really great question. Um, you know, and I've started to take life um, ten years at a time. You know, and then and then divide those ten years into halves. So you know, so you know, the first five and the second five, and um, 
and I was talking to my mentor about this and and um and you know when I think about I'm 35 so I'm going to the second part of my 40s you know what I mean and so I try to yes he said he's 35 <laughs> yeah he's only 35 I, I, I was joking with Troy you gotta count those like Ugandan years you know those are those are dog years man I'm the 75 but um but for me I, I want I think the next goal that we that we after um is on the on the finance side is we want to we want to build you know you know this black owned RIA that's 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 managing over a billion dollars so that's that's the goal financially um can you imagine how powerful that is to have the biggest names in the world who have the biggest influence and their money has been protected grown and transferred and you have a you have a you have a collective family a lifeline that has a billion dollars in assets i mean that's that's going to be that's going to be incredible um you know so that's that's kind of like what, what we what we what we what we eyeing on but i was telling you guys earlier my goal is i look at you know if you look at like the goldman sachs or Merrill Lynch. I mean, those are human beings, right? There was a guy named Merrill and there's a guy named Lynch. There was a guy named Goldman and a guy named Sachs. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, when you look at Morgan Stanley or JP Morgan, those are people, right? And obviously they did what they did to get with there. Um, we're gonna do ours differently. But I wanna build our my goal, my hundred year plan is to build a black dynasty like that, right? And and be able to protect and grow and and uh, and transfer black wealth globally. Right. So if you're in South, South America, uh, you know, obviously the continent, you know, North America uh, and and you want a place, man, where people look like you, uh, where you, you want to you where you're, you're dynamic. You have a place where people look like you can manage your money. And then if you somebody like if you somebody like me or Rashad, or you want to work in this business, you have a place you can come. You know what I'm saying? And uh, Iris joke, if you come to Lifeline headquarters, man, you'll, you'll see like, it'll feel like Spellman and, uh, <laughs> and Morehouse had a baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's beautiful in yeah, there. So man. I want to build something that's going to last the test of time. And that's why like, I don't sell my company no matter how many like, offers I get from these wirehouses. I, I, want to, I want to see something that can stand the test of time. Powerful. Yeah. How, how, how often do you go back to Uganda? Because I, I was reading, right? Yeah. I, you have a son. Yeah, um, two boys. Now. Two boys, yeah. yeah. And so, like, they've never. This is interesting when we talk about generational wealth and generational freedom. They've never seen your father's hard work and mom's hard work. Yeah, yeah. They see you work, and it's like, okay, daddy has a cool job. But how do we get to the point where we instill those those values and those morals inside of them so they can continue the legacy? Yeah, not great question. And uh, you know, um, and you got kids too, right? Got two. Yeah. yeah. You, you have any? Yeah, got son. Yeah, so you know, like all of us, you know, being successful, it's like you, you, you want to do enough for your children that um, that they get a fair shot at this thing, and they, you know what I mean, and that, and that they have everything they need to be successful. But you don't want to do too much to whether you rob them of their own story, because that's the key in life is your story, right? Because it's it's never about like what you become, but it's about who you become, right? And so when I think about my sons who are going to come into a world of opulence, you know, the uh, my oldest who's seven, like. I teach them, you know, you, you spend a third, you save a third, you give a third. I keep it that simple, right? Um, and, uh, and when he's old enough, I do want to take him back home. Um, so, for example, for his fall break, um, you know, I took him and we just spent like five days at orphanages, you know what I mean? Like uh, cooking, cleaning, playing with the kids. And, and after we left the orphanages, I said, I said, what was it so important? What do you think was so important for me to, that we, that we spent time doing this? And he said, well, Papa, he said, two reasons. One so I can bring joy to others and then two, so I can be more grateful for the life that I do have, you know? So it's important that you don't, sh- you don't shelter them and like you put them, that they can just kind of see 
and be more grateful for the life that they do have. Um, so, you know, I used to go back to Uganda, man, uh, every two years. But right now, there's like a lot of political conflict. Um, um, my brother, Bobby Wine, who's the people's elected president, um, you know, we still suffer from a dictator, Yori Museveni, who's killing everybody and um, and literally using the country as his uh, piggy bank and putting his army everywhere. And, and we still going through the same genocide today that we went through that we were going through back in the six, in the 70s and 80s. So it's not safe to bring my kids. Uh, but one day with my, when my brother Bobby Wan is president, we'll, we'll rejoice in the free Uganda. And I, I can't wait to bring my sons to the, to the village I grew up in so they can see with their whole, you know, with their own, with their own lives. Cause right now my oldest man, you know, he'll, he'll not finish his food. Now I'll be like, finish your food. He'll come back to the dinner table. You know, okay, I know, I know it's from you. you from Uganda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They wish they had Where that. was J. Yeah. Cole playing basketball at? Yeah. Was that? J. Cole. Rwanda. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's our neighbor. Yeah. yeah. That's, right that's, that's next up, door, right? Right next door. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I can't wait, man. Can you imagine? We go, we, go, we coming with you. Thought I'd be incredible. Man, yeah, we coming with you. Just, we just, Yo, we just, free Uganda. We're going to do this in Uganda. Yeah, yeah, we coming. You know, that's a fact. With we, the new president, it's going to be incredible. Yeah, we definitely yeah. owe Africa a second visit. We went a couple months ago. We went to, uh, we went to Lagos, Nigeria, and we went to Egypt. Yeah. Um, so it was good vibes out there. So now we got to go back. We got to go to Ghana. We got to go all over. Oh man, that's I just got a text man. about Ghana today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know the um, I tell all my I tell uh, I tell all my friends, man. I said, man, you gotta go home. You know, like go, like you know, go go back home and and because you know we 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 always get excited when we see our brothers from the states. You know, like, <laughs> you guys you guys put that love when you touch yeah, down. Yeah, like, it's like you never yeah, left. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 David yeah. O, David O, um, shout out to him. And we interviewed him, and he was like, "Yeah, welcome home, first and foremost, welcome home, welcome home." Yeah, yeah we get so great. excited when we see our brothers from the states, man. We get so excited. So nah. you gotta go see our, you gotta go see the, you gotta go see, the, you gotta go to the continent. That's it, yeah, absolutely, that's yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, what would you like to leave the people with? Uh, anything that you know. I know you're not really on social media like that, so I would I usually ask like social media handles, but you can say that if you want. But yeah, you whatever know, you want to leave the people. Yeah, with. you can. I don't, you know, I don't really post much, but you can find me at uh, at uh, humble with the period at the end on um, on on IG and at H two humble on Twitter. But for me, you know, my goal is to help people transform tragedy to triumph. Like you know, it's. Wherever you find yourself, right, whether it's whatever dream you might have, man, like whether it's starting your own financial firm or, or, or creating, you know, a legendary platform to educate the masses or um, whatever, whatever your dream is, man, just go, just go do it. You know what I mean? Just go do it. And what I found, what I find in life is like people, people, the reason why people don't achieve their goals is they, they don't have an accurate gauge. They overestimate their skill set and they overestimate their work ethic. So if you're out there, man, it's like having an accurate gauge on your like your skill set, which because then it allows you to like keep working and getting better, and have an accurate gauge on your work ethic. Because man, you can do anything that you want to do, and and America, man, you know has its um, America obviously has its has its pain, and and and, and it has so much that it it has to grow from. But I don't know anywhere else, man, where a kid can come from a mud hut in Uganda and build what I've built. You know what I mean? In, in in one generation. You know what I mean? So, um I remember I remember coming to this country, man, and I couldn't believe that if you went to a, a particular spot in your neighborhood, this yellow bus would pick you up in the morning. <laughs> and then this bus would drive you to this school. 
You don't have to pay to go to the school. You know what I mean? You would get out of the school and then you would have all these teachers who are all really, really knowledgeable in different subjects. And they'll teach you math and science and English and social studies. You name it. If you didn't have lunch, you can get free lunch. And then you got to take the books home. And then if you at the end of the school, if you went to the same place that bus dropped you off at in the morning, they'll take you and pick you up in the morning. You know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. from Ahmad Hutton. You God couldn't believe this shit. I was like, where where am I? <laughs> <laughs> where am I? You know what I'm saying? And um, and when you come to this, you know, and there's a there's a there's a, an appreciation that I want people to have when you grow up in this country. And um, and I'm not saying, man, I'm not saying any any place is perfect, but there is an opportunity here. Where you can be whatever you can literally change the trajectory of your family's life, um, and so I want to be an example for people to look at my story and say, "Man, this kid lost everything. Right? He um, he came from genocide in East Uganda, and he came here and built, um, you know, and 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 was able to build something something big. Right? Um, it's not that so much. It's not that it's been easy, but it's been meaningful. You know what I mean? So my last words, just like whoever whoever's watching this is. Don't 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 look and find and don't look and find faults of why you can't do something, man. Like look and find inspiration. You know what I mean? And I, and I hope I can be that for somebody today. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Troy, housekeeping items. Oh man, powerful, powerful. Shout out to everybody on Patreon.com. Shout out to all our EYL University members, all the earners that are in there. Over twelve thousand of you. We love every single one of you. Shout out to all our professors. For just educating the masses. Uh, shout out to the whole team, man. Shout out to the merch team. Um, it's been an incredible journey, man. And I'm just uplifted, man. Shout, yeah. shout out to Humble for, for blessing us today, man. I greatly appreciate you being here. Yeah, for sure. Thank you guys for rocking with us. We'll see you next shout week. Shout out to y'all, man. Oh. Shout out to y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are legendary. <laughs> I, I think I've done like two interviews, man. When you call me, I'm Yo, there. That's why he said, he said, Google him. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this will be the testimony right here. Me, you, guys, you guys, I want to give you your flowers, man. Um, Man, I I wish there were words to adequately describe how important what you guys are doing. Um, you are leveling the playing field and giving everybody access to information to transform their lives. I mean, you guys continue to be blessed. Appreciate you it. Continue to be successful. And may the good Lord bless the hands of your work. You know. Well, God's people said amen. 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 All right, God. Thank you for rocking with us. I'll see you next week. Peace. 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 My graduates from my school being Forbes. Bag drop. Bag drop. <laughs> a mic drop. Bag drop. Bag drop. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.